COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease may include fever, cough, and shortness of breath. These symptoms may show up 2 to 14 days after exposure. If you are experiencing these symptoms and have come into contact or are in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult with a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you. So where are you from? Uh, Tulsa. Oklahoma? <laughs> what are you doing in Jersey? This is where the sinners are. Can't argue with you there. Hello, world. This is Chris Abalo's podcast experiment, and I am Chris Abalo. Welcome to the show. Thank you, of course, for subscribing, for giving the show five stars, the usual spiel I'm doing at the beginning of every single episode, because that's what we ask of you to share the show, to review the show, to help it get seen, help it get heard, and uh, recommend it to people who don't otherwise know about it. Look at you being all ahead of the curve and being into it right now before it surges in popularity and joining me for our first proper host and co-hosted show is none other than jack defranco hello everybody yeah jack, i'm back jack will be more of a fixture on the show from here on out because that was the original intention it was going to be yep. me hosting the show jack as co-host as my ed mcmahon and Absolutely. it was, it was going to be or Andy Richter, which is or Andy Richter, the, the modern which equivalent. I'm a little bit more, no offense, I'm a little bit more appropriate to look like an Andy Richter. So, but you talk about age or weight? Uh, sure. Okay, but <laughs> but that was our idea. Was Jack and I were going to be doing the show on a regular basis together, even though it's my show. He was going to be uh, providing the assist most of the time. The time is now. The time, the time is, is now. now. But we're not going to let. The quarantine and the social distancing get in the way, just like everybody else. We're conferencing, and yes. uh, that's that's going to be the show because that's every show now. Mm-hmm. That's how it's going to be. Which actually is funny. I was thinking about it, and I wonder what your opinion is because I had a fleeting thought. It didn't stick, but I thought, you know, after looking at how everybody, be it you know late night hosts or daytime talk show or whatever, you know, the AM, the Good Morning Americas of the world, and things like that. Uh, I wonder if, because everybody's used to seeing these shows basically on Zoom and yeah. all these conferencing apps, I wonder if people are going to look forward to having more of a, a big production type of show like they normally are. Like, are they going to want to see, you know, Stephen Colbert back in the studio in a theater and that whole thing after seeing more of a stripped down, uh, bare bones version of the shows <clears throat> that they're, they're used to. And I thought, no, you know what? They are going to want to see those things. So I feel like people still oh, enjoy the, the production it, it value. Makes the heart grow fonder. And I know from what I've been watching, which you know we'll discuss in the show, I've been watching a lot of, of some late night hosts here and there, and people do uh, shows from homes. And I've also been watching, you know, I, I'm a big wrestling fan, so I've been watching wrestling with no audience inside of a gymnasium for about a month <laughs> and a half now on everybody's program. So it's going to be weird to see an arena full of people or a studio audience uh, with a desk and a set and everything, but it's going to feel like, ah, I think it's going to be that feeling of reassurance. Like we're back. 
we've got through it and we're here. So it's like, it's you, you you're at the reward now. So that's what I think it's going to happen with all that. So I agree. I think it's going to be a big celebratory moment when everything gets, you know, when shows get back and I'm not saying, you know, people always say, Oh, it's entertainment. It's not important or it's, it's not as important of an industry as everything else. And say what you want about show business. Whether it's, I don't like that award shows, it's just, you know, actors patting themselves on the back for doing a good job or, you know, rewarding each other for what they've done. But let's be real. When people do talk about what they've been up to and what they're into, it's, what are you watching on Netflix? What show are you binging? That's what people talk about. Or if you went to go go to the movies, did you see, insert event movie here? Did yeah. You, did you go see Endgame or Star Wars or, you know, whatever it is? That's what people do bond over. It's comfort. People bond over comfort. I mean, the common denominator is like entertainment is for everyone. Then there's always something different for everyone. Like what you find entertaining is the, what I find entertaining. You're not going to find entertaining or so on and so forth. But yeah, people I don't, don't want to see dudes in spandex go, no. <laughs> gripping onto each other in an empty gym. There's there's women, too. It's, you know. Oh, well, you, you didn't mention that. Yeah. <laughs> well, watch it sometime. It's fun. Anyway, uh, but I think, like, entertainment's the common denominator, and there's so much to go around where it's, like, it is it, as much as of a – it's not a necessity, like, food or medicine, but it's something that, like, you need it to keep some sort of sanity or have some sort of relaxation point of, like, I can at least fall back on this and feel comfortable knowing that this is on Tuesday night date or i could you know whatever i need to do so uh, entertainment whether it be movies video games tv podcasts it's it's there and i think that's what's great about this i agree imagine if we didn't have it so well that's it i i do think people are going to look forward to having those kinds of productions i did i was wondering because i'm thinking okay this is more like what people do independently what you're seeing is what you see on some youtube shows when people are conferencing back and forth whether it's been through Skype or through some other app, through Google Hangouts, whatever, for a couple of years. Or just and, any pop culture nerd who, you know, has a movie review channel. Yeah. I, you know, I see their backgrounds all the time. So it's not like, oh, that's what their house looks like. It's right. never, it's like, oh, that's just Stephen Colbert's doing it now. That's cool. Yeah. They're, they're recording from home in whatever room looks the best for what they're doing. Yeah. That's what YouTubers have been doing for years, doing interviews or chats on conferencing apps is what podcasts have been doing for years. And, you know, radio does phoners. So I, I was just wondering, wow, I, I think maybe people will want that. They'll want a more bare bones version of their entertainment. Then I realized, no, people want flair and people do want some production value to yeah. it. So, but the appreciation, I think, will still be there once it's all done. Like you like someone will be like, oh, you know, this is over. And Jimmy Kimball's back to the way it was. And, you know, I'm just I'm so happy he was there that like I could tune into him every night at 1130. And you know that he was there, even just broadcasting from his home. So he got me through that. And it kind of, it's like a communal experience of like, he's going through the same thing I'm going through. And it's very relatable. Now we're all back to where we were before and it feels good. So yeah, I, I think that people are going to want that. People are going to crave that. Like they enjoy this now, but it's not sustainable. Like nobody's writing like Conan, go back in your studio. But like people want normalcy again. And I think once we get back there, it's going to feel amazing. So I agree. Yeah. Speaking of getting back to normal, so since we spoke at this point a month ago, I mean, at least on the show, we, we talk yeah. all the time, but things have changed for you in certain yeah. ways. In a couple ways, yeah, totally. Yeah, you uh, not too long ago got furloughed from your job, which yes. seemed inevitable. They they had laid off some staff, some like some temps, you said, prior to yeah. that, and they were down to 
a pretty minimal staff. And I thought, you know what, since, since you work in an event oriented industry, mm-hmm. it kind of seemed inevitable. I mean, honestly, I was worried about it because I thought, well, of the people of my friends whose yeah. jobs, you know, may be dependent on the economy functioning normally and public events and things like that. I yeah, thought my company is the smallest that deals with that kind of thing. Like, a couple of friends in retail or in, in um, healthcare. So their jobs are necessary in this day and age, but mine was, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was the smallest one that was like, yep, that's, we got to pick one. that has got to go kind of thing. It's pretty weird because I've been working since I was steadily since I was 20 years old and to not have a job is like, Oh, this is weird. This is different. So Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely weird to have to sit home and have nowhere to be yeah. for a while. I mean, I, yeah. I, I had it prior to having the opportunities to work on these apps, which I've been working regularly at this point. It's going to be five years in July that I started working on apps at least to supplement some of my income, if not uh, to carry me as my primary source of income at some points. But yeah, I, I would have been happy to do something like that if it had been around in previous times when I had bouts of unemployment. And yeah. now with the idea of not having to get up and go to work anywhere, it's it's familiar enough to me, even though I'm not crazy about it, but it's also what the situation is. But for you, who hasn't yeah, had to too. deal with this for 15 years, it's weird. It is weird. And the thing with my company is I'm not going to go into specific details of what the company is and everything else, but we, we are an event-based company and we do a lot of things with we're part of our larger organization and ours is kind of like what we've been described as the icing on the cake. Our company is a large company that's UK based and they own a lot of divisions around the United States and, and in the United Kingdom. And we're kind of like an extra revenue stream for them, which is great because we bring in lots of money and they love us and everything else. But um, once this all went down in March, uh, we were told, I remember it was March 16th, the day before St. Patrick's day, we were going to be working from home for two weeks at that point, nobody knew the severity. So like, you're going to be home from now until April 1st. So we went home, got everything set up. Um, and about a day or two later, we got word in a meeting that we have with our company, we hire a lot of temporary people. So like I started temp and went to hire within three months. Some people are a little bit longer than that. Some people have been there for over a year that were temp and have been full-time employees yet. But it's not like assignment work where it's like you're on this assignment for nine months and you're done. It's like you're, you're a temp employee. When you can go full time, we will hire you full time. Um, so with within two days, the temps that were all there, there were about 14 that I counted in my office were gone. They had to let them go. This is a measure of like we need to – the company needs to save money and that's it. So when that happened, I was initially shocked. But I felt the gist I got was – and what they wanted to say is like we're trying to cut – cost as much as possible so we don't have to lay off full-time employees like myself so i felt in a way protected of like okay well at least my job in in a sense is secure they're trying to protect me but over time over the two weeks that i worked from march 17th to what ended up being april 1st which was my last day there wasn't a lot of work to go around i work in the accounts receivable department so my job consists of cash applications doing check refunds basic accounting stuff and you know hand customer claims and resolving some other issues, calling customers for, you know, delayed payments, stuff like that. Uh, We weren't getting a lot of that. I have a normal report that I follow every day and it was smaller and smaller and smaller. 
But if I anything, the refunds of, were going up because I'm sure there were a lot of people oh, canceling their plans. Crazy, and, and the the concern with that was when um, a lot of people had sent in. The company is very old school based. Where like we don't have an e- an e commerce system where you can pay on the computer or anything else. It's over the it, you pay with a credit card over the phone or you send a check to our corporate office mailbox. That's the way it works. So I we received a lot of checks in the coming weeks and months that were months out people were sending in payments like it's normally not due until the week before but people had been precautious and people were just getting the jump on it and were paying for their event in august or september and people were canceling stuff and we just kept getting notices like this has to be refunded and this and that and the way our system set up at home i don't have i can do like create the request but there's a whole system of like it's got to go it's got to be signed off by this person and i just kind of in those two weeks took the initiative to like, okay, whatever I see that looks like a refund, I'm just going to create it. And then when I get back to work, print it out. Like the customers understood that like, whenever somebody asked for a refund, we told them like, it's going to take a while. We're all working from home remotely. So the idea of getting a check refund processed in office isn't going to be anytime soon. And they understood. So I did all like my, you know, what I call pre-check refunds and just created a bunch of them, saved them to my desktop in a folder. And, um, over time, my boss in those two weeks was like, okay, just send them to me and we'll see what we can do. So I sent them to her. She signed them off. We are actually able to get them out, which was really cool. But again, the work was dwindling. I would spend a lot of my day from eight to five just listening to podcasts and doing these pre-check refunds and being with my headset on ready to take phone calls. And the only phone calls I was getting was like, I need to talk to someone in your Freeport, New York office, or I need to talk to someone in uh, your – waterbury connecticut office like i would just they were using the accounts receivable line to like ask for phone numbers so it was like this is i'm not getting any accounts receivable calls and my coworker who i work with in the department is like yeah, i'm not getting them either so there weren't there, like all the people who were calling in were calling in the main line to say i'm canceling my event i need a refund so like my my work was just answering whatever phone calls came in at this point so it was dwindling but i felt from the previous conversation around the 17th or 18th that I'm protected at least like at least the company I understand I feel bad for the temps, but I'm protected somewhat. And there were once a week, they had a corporate phone call that we all had to call in on and listen with, with mute on and listen to just corporate speak about the contracts of these companies. The sub sub other companies were not in good standing because they do a lot of work with uh, transportation of passengers that are the main, that's the main resource. And a lot of that wasn't being covered because of the COVID-19 situation, but they would always get people who were using our charters now instead of events to transport hospital employees. So our business kind of changed from event fund based to let's get employees from here to there to go to work. So to say, Um, so I thought, okay, well we're bringing in something. So they're not going to be cutting this charter group, which is my office. And then on April 1st, we get an email from our boss and no, a, a message in the chat because we had a whole team chat going on. And what happened was she's like, I'm going to be calling each person individually. And I'm like, oh, God, what does this mean? Like, is this another like that can only be good news? Corp- yes. Yeah. It's like this is another corporate meeting of like reissuing stuff and this and that. And then like the day before, they're like, what's your e- what's your actual email address? For some reason, they didn't have it I'm like um I gave him my email address. Um, so my boss calls me at around the time at like one o'clock. I remember I was going to punch out and go to lunch, which is my normal lunchtime. 
And she she calls me and says, I just sent you this email. And I'm like, oh, shit, here it is. Because at that point, like I said, I felt protected up to that point. But then when I got this phone call, I'm like, oh, no, this can only mean that I'm being let go. So I get it. I read the email. She goes over with me. She said, this has nothing to do with your performance. This, And she said, I'm having conversations with everybody like this. Unfortunately, the company's in this position where we have to furlough you. And I'd never heard the word furlough before. So my wife is working in the kitchen. I'm working in our computer room. She kind of hears this and comes in and just like looks in the doorway like, oh, no. Like she suspected that I was getting fired too. And I was reading the email and I was like, I talked to my boss. I'm like, I understand. And, you know, she's like, I hope we can work together in the future. And this and that, it left off well. And I looked at it. I'm like, furlough, furlough. What does that mean? It's, it's a temporary layoff, so to say, uh, from now until a certain date that the company's projecting. That could be subject to change depending on what's going on in the world. But it was a shock because I, again, never knew what a furlough was. I never heard that word in my life. I even told Noel, I was like, uh, I got f- uh, f- something. He's like, furloughed? I'm like, that's it. Fuck. Like, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I got not- fucked out of my job. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. But it was just like, I was, and I was taken aback. I, like I said, I've been, I'm 34 years old, going to be 35 in a couple months, but steadily for 15 years, I've been working and, you know, maintaining a job and would only take time off here and there to take vacation. I've never had an extended period of work off and I had to, in the past 15 years, have worked for, two companies. This is the second company I've worked for professionally. So it was kind of a shock. Um, I messaged you guys in our chat. I messaged my family and, you know, in, in a family chat and I said, please don't call me. I'm not in the right frame of mind to talk. Like I was, ups- I was upset. Like it's just emotional at that point. It's like, I, I just want to let you know, I got furloughed this and that. What it means is this because in case of nobody knew, and I sent it to my family and you guys, and my dad calls me. And I'm like, I'm said in the message, I'm not in the frame of mind to talk. Why are you calling yeah, please, me? Please. So now. I'm like, <laughs> so then I get like a long message of, you know, everything's going to be okay. And I'm like, I know that. It's just, it's, it was initial shock of just like, man, this, like, I wasn't like, oh, my job. It was like, oh my God, like this, like it, it was real. All of a sudden, the, the, the crisis, I mean, not the, the horrible things with this virus are going on. The, the reality of job loss and the effect of the economy hit me all at once of like, shit, I don't have to go to work tomorrow or for the rest of the day. They said, you can take the rest of the day. You're paid for the next X amount of weeks and we thank you. And, you know, we'll see you whenever. And, you know, that's it. So, so it was pretty like, oof. It, it was just very jarring. It was just a very weird day. And I was like thinking it was April first. Like it's an April Fool's. Like, yeah, that's the other like, thing. Actually, like an April Fool's joke. I didn't want to derail you, but I thought April first is when they reached out and said, "Hey, excuse me, what's your email?" Yeah. Well. Uh, so, so since then, uh, yeah, I've been unemployed, but I haven't been deterred or upset or anything like that. Life goes on, and you know, you file for unemployment. You, you just keep going. I was, you know, I was, like I said, it took me about an hour to just kind of get over it, but this is a good thing. So it's, it gives me things to do and focus on myself in ways that I've put off, whether my health or just, you know, things I've wanted to do, like I have time to do it now. So, and I know I can't go anywhere, but this doesn't involve having to have to go anywhere to occupy my time. So 
it was weird. And also you're furloughed. You're, you're not completely laid off where you no, are no, no, in a no. position. I'm, I'm, I have a projected date to go back as of right now. This whole thing, everything can change. Like I said, with my portion, we're an extra revenue stream and we're a smaller part of the company. So fears of that have crept in my head. Like, well, what if they close it down completely and they realize we don't need this extra revenue stream? We got to salvage what we have here. So that's that's entered my mind. But I'm like, you know what? Worry about that whenever. Like, don't don't think about that. Like, if something happens, something happens. There's something you can do to change it. Like, do your right. unemployment. Take your time for yourself, and you know that that's all that's we can it. do is just so, is is roll with the punches yeah. with this. I mean, you know, Sherry and I were out of work pretty much right away. I mean, the first week of yeah. of everything shutting down. So it became, all right, well, we just got to handle it. Not to say it isn't stressful. It is. But and there's, it's, what, what, what can you do? No, we, there's we, nothing else you can do. Nobody knows what to do in this circumstance because we've never seen anything like this before. So, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I didn't know what furlough meant. I was like, uh, Yeah, I'd only heard of that in reference to, like, government employees in the past, you know, when there's been a government yeah. shutdown. Because I have some family members who do work for the government in different capacities yeah. and it was oh they're being furloughed and whether or not it's paid or unpaid so i've never heard it in reference to people with more everyday private sector jobs but now you're hearing it a lot yeah and everyone's just again, the, the, the furlough floodgates opened as soon as i found out what it was because a lot of people <laughs> were were being the same in like um in things that i follow and in other jobs and my uh, obviously my other uh, co-workers who um, I haven't really been in touch with because I know like some people had to kind of stay on to maintain um, like my coworker and um, accounts receivable is the lead of accounts receivable. So she's going to be working and keeping up with whatever they can keep up with. So there's a very limited staff from what I understand now, but I haven't really had much contact with anybody I work with. Um, I assume a lot of them were in the same position as me, but uh, you haven't really kept tabs on everyone. So I'm just kind of, taking time for me. So I'm not even thinking about work. Like I'm thinking about when I have to get back to work, but like I'm not worried about the job and what's going to, you know, what's there. So to say, it, it doesn't really enter my mind that much. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm on temporary. I'm on, I'm on summer vacation, so to say. So yeah, kind of see you in September or whenever <laughs> we get back. So, so what have you been doing then to occupy yourself since this is the first whole lot time of you haven't had to work laying around and, you know, eating chips and, you know, hand on my crotch watching television. No, I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> well, you I, pretty I, much I, just described my days. So no, I do that from like two to four a.m. So that's when everything shuts down. So <laughs> no, um, that's when I've the wife goes to sleep. My days typically revolve around one thing, one or a couple of things like today and like usually grocery shopping day is like once a week or once every 10 days that I go and it's a big it's because of everything is just so uncertain and it's so weird out there now like it's a big mental preparation of like okay I got to go to the store in the morning and just glove up mask up and you know it's it's somewhat stressful it's not like a madhouse in the store that I go to regularly but it can be stressful when you're trying to get things done and you're trying to find things and by the time I get home, you know, I clean everything off because I'm just have some sort of peace of mind that like my stuff is covered in, you know, yes, I, I can control this. I can wash and I can yeah. clean up where I live. And that is something it's weird I control. to wash like a bag of celery or whatever. But it's like, you got to do it. So just going to do it. And that's the way it is. You know, it's weird times. But, but at this point, I think better safe than sorry. But by the time I'm done, it's like. Like last week, I was in the grocery store for about two and a half hours because I'm trying to just stock up 
and then the lines, like, they weren't, I don't want to call my local grocery store out for this, but, like, they, I don't think they were doing the 50% of capacity thing. They, like, had, like, lines where you could stand with Mark six feet away. But I was in line for 45 minutes with everybody trying to buy as much as they can. So you so, think they were way under 50% capacity? Oh, saying. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but it was, at that point, you know, this is my first day wearing a mask out ever. I've never worn one of these surgical masks or whatever you call them. But it was like two hours in and I was like waiting online. I'm like, it's really hot in here. And I have gloves on. And I have this mask. Am I going to pass out in the middle of ShopRite? <laughs> so like, is something going <laughs> to happen to me? So it was very like. It's not even that hot. It's April. Oh, no. But it was, it's a thousand degrees in that store for some reason. So like <laughs> you walk in and it's like, yeah, you know, enjoy, you know, enjoy suffocating and you get masks. So it was just so like, I, I was so antsy. It's like, get me out of here and this and that. And, but like by the time I was done, got everything cleaned off, took a shower and everything. I was exhausted. It took like the whole process of getting to the store, getting home and everything else was like three and a half hours. So it was like, that was my day. Like that was, you know, from 10 AM to one thirty. I was like, that's enough for me today. I think I'm good. So, but other days I like, I try to find something to do. I clean the house or work on like put off doing something I haven't done. Like go through some old clothes, throw stuff out. Um, actually, uh, I started an exercise regimen too, which is something that's, uh, I, I wanted to do like when I first found out I was being fertile, I was like, okay, now I can focus on my health and try to get some idea of how to work out and, you know, do something to have some sort of physical activity. Cause I don't want to sit around. I don't want to be a lazy slug and gain more weight that I don't want to do that. So, um, so I started actually doing yoga. <laughs> ah, and how's that going, Jack? DDP yoga. Because, oh, you know, well, that makes sense. I should have known. We, uh, we actually got a DDP yoga thing years ago. No, um, as a gift. And I was like, okay. Then we tried it once, I think in 2014. And I was like, that's cool. And we just never kept up with it because life is, you know, life is crazy. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to look for that DVD set. And I did. And I've been doing it and I feel better. I yeah. really do. Uh, everybody who does yoga. See, I've never done it. I mean, I've done a handful of positions just for the sake of stretching out, but yeah, I, I haven't done a full routine of it but everybody loves it i mean you know my girlfriend's doing it too she's been mm -hmm. doing some yoga exercises some stretches and different things just to get some physical activity in but that's one of the things i was thinking about doing i mean i know there's a lot of stuff you could just get on youtube but i was going to sign up for one of these apps on my fire stick you know just with yeah. the, the various workout regimens i thought i am going to be inside this is going to be it for a while there's i could walk around the neighborhood i guess or I can you know, do laps in the yard. I can walk or do sprints or something in the yard. But otherwise, I'm not going to be getting a whole lot of yeah. movement in just going from the bedroom to the living room to the kitchen, back to the couch, and then ultimately back into the bedroom. Not a whole lot of activity going on. No, not at all. And like for me, in my neighborhood, it's not very like it's not like bad where you can, you know, where I could walk around if I wanted to, but there's still, I live by kind of a major highway right by the parkway entrance. So I'm not very adept to like walking around here and there's not like much of a patch of land where I can go around. So I was like, you know what, try this yoga thing and I'll go from there. And I've been looking up stuff for home workouts and stuff like that on YouTube. And I actually have a kettlebell that my dad gave me about a year or two ago. So like, you know, I look for something like I tried a, a starter workout with a kettlebell. It wasn't a 
Kickstarter workout. I was like, oh, put the thing on your chest. And I'm like, I'll, I'll die. I will die right here in my living <laughs> yeah, room. I'm going to suffocate. Pounded in my chest. This is not beginners, no matter what this stupid video says. Yeah, like and subscribe. It's harder you know? than you think. It is harder doing something with a kettlebell, <laughs> yeah. especially if you and haven't done it like and you're a 10 out of shape. Kettlebell. This thing's 25 pounds. I'm like, I will die if I put that on my chest. Yeah. No, that sucks. And 25 yeah. pounds of, of food on your chest is bad news, yeah. let alone a kettlebell, a kettlebell where it's like concentrated in this ball. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. I had a yeah. similar experience at the store, too. I went the other day and it was two and a half hours all in from when I arrived to when I left because I had to wait 20 minutes to get inside. And I did the, I did my first trip around the store was for my parents. And then the second trip around was for stuff we needed. And then I drove the stuff down to, <laughs> down oh to my God. central Jersey to them to leave on the doorstep, which was funny because I wanted to make sure I was 100% even just bringing it to their house. So I had on the masks or rather a mask and the disposable gloves. I just put everything on the porch. And then my parents saw me and I just said, you know, you didn't raise a doctor. This is as close as it's going to get to me resembling even a doctor in any capacity. Yeah. I got the mask. I've got the gloves on. <laughs> but you know what? Not going to happen. I'm sure you probably figured that out years ago when you realized, oh, he said he wants to be a show business bum. Great. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it is a weird experience. That was my first experience shopping with a mask because that fully went into effect a week ago Saturday here. Well, that's yeah. at this point, it's been almost two weeks ago. Uh, that's been in effect in New Jersey. Where it's mandatory if you go shopping, which is oh, fine, yeah. which I get yeah, it. Because two days after I got furloughed, I went uh, for a shopping trip and it wasn't required then. And I had a scarf with me and it came undone. I was like, well, nobody else is wearing it. And, you know, again, it's 6,000 degrees in here and I'm walking around looking, you know, with gloves on. And uh, at that point, I had a heavier sweatshirt on and, and a scarf. I'm like, what am I doing? It was like being in a sauna. It, it was so bad. I like I got out of there <laughs> and yeah. And the other day, going back to the story where I was at the supermarket before, I was so frustrated with the mask and waiting 45 minutes to check out. I like literally threw my groceries in the car, like all $300 worth, and just like ripped the mask off and got home. And then there was a hole in the milk. So I take it out of my trunk Aww. and it's just everywhere. And I was like, I just had a moment of just like freaking out, like, God, God damn it, like in my driveway. <laughs> It's like, I was there for three, for two and a half hours, and my fucking milk is gone. I was like, <laughs> Noel was like, it's okay. I'm like, no, it's I'm, all over the truck. We're not having milk this week. We're not having any milk this week. So I'm not going out. I'm not doing anything. We're not having the milk. So today I got milk when we went out. Uh, we survived. Did you so. brave the grocery store once again, or did you just do it? In today country? I did. Yes. I, did. I wasn't going back out that day. I was like, fuck this. We'll wait. So I went a <laughs> week. It was, it was about six days without milk, which was fine. So. We lived, but uh, Good. she had to put half. It was just, half it was just a coffee. moment of just like, why does this have to happen? Like, I was there for two and a half hours, and the only reason I was rushing because I couldn't. I felt I was going to pass out on a register, so I just like threw everything in, and it was like, of all things, the milk in my trunk from the of the driveway. Yeah, it was great. So I, I had a fun. moment. I had a moment the other day too, where when I was loading groceries in the trunk while pulling the bag out of the cart, I knocked the eggs, which were right at the top. Of the bag that I was lifting. And I was like, damn it, I hope I didn't break any eggs. And I didn't, but I did have that moment of panic. Like, no, I don't want to have to get in line and go back inside again. Yeah, so, I, it was just like, I'm not going back. There's nothing you can do. So yeah, the panic is real. And Noelle was like, Noelle was like, fine, we'll be without milk for a few days. She wasn't like, oh, I really need it. It's like, no, we'll be okay. <laughs> and then when we were cleaning our groceries off, she dropped the cocoa that I got all over the floor because we were going to make 
brownies and it was just like everywhere. And I was like, fuck today. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then the cat jumps up and was like looking through the groceries, like, God damn it, get away from the groceries. So it was just like, uh, it was a bad, it was Tuesday sucked last week when we, when, when this all happened. So it's the moral of the story. Yeah. Jack had a terrible Tuesday and that's what we had to yeah. share with you guys. And Tuesdays were the worst days at work too. So now it's transferred into like, don't food shop on Tuesdays. Maybe it's you. Maybe, you know, you're the common denominator in this, Jack. It may be you. It probably is. It probably is. Who am I kidding? One thing I really don't miss uh, being home is my coworkers were nice, but a lot of them are all of the same age in their mid to late twenties. And they're just onto the latest thing that's on Netflix. And all I'd heard about all day was what they're watching now. Have you watched this? What, what point are you on on this show? Like, and, and it was like literally everything that would come out on Netflix, they'd watch. So like, they're very like trendy and I guess whatever, I'm just not a trendy person, but got to the point of being annoying. And one thing that I'm glad that I don't have to listen to all day is the phenomenon known as Tiger King. Oh, fuck. I, cause I'm so I sick of hearing about that. Zero interest. Me whatsoever. too. Me too, dude. And there's nothing you can say. There's no, I mean, as of this recording, I've watched the honest trailer for the lion, uh, the, I was about to say the Lion King, but the Tiger King. And, yes. um, it was eight minutes of that's all I ever need to know. Uh, and I just watched it because I watch all the honest trailers that come out every week. So, yeah, unless same. it's something I didn't see that I would like to go back and watch later. But other than that, like, that's, that's my fill. That's all I need to know. So, yeah, I don't and, get I don't get that trend either. Just where it, I mean, I do think it and they pointed out in the uh, honest trailer, which is on the screen junkies YouTube channel. I do think that a lot of the the fanaticism about it is the timing is the fact that everybody's oh, yeah. home and this is something to watch and to be part of. But that may not be entirely true because I feel like there are a lot of things people jump on because they want to be part of the conversation. And I feel yes. like that's what happens. I mean, I made a I made a joke to I remember I was um driving these guys, uh, you know, Uber driving some guys out in Los Angeles. And it must have been the season before the last season of Game of Thrones. So I guess this would have been about two years ago. And uh, 2000. Yeah. 2017 yeah, tw- was the seventh. And then they took a year off and uh, 19 was the eighth season. Oh, it was 19? Oh, okay. I felt like, oh yeah, yeah, that was about a year ago. A I, felt year like, gap, yeah. I felt like it just happened. I feel like I was just listening to a bunch of pissed off people, but yeah, I guess that was about a year ago it came back. Or last yeah. summer, something like that. I, I never watched that show either, but when I was having a conversation with these guys, yeah, I guess it would have been 2017. They were like, oh, you don't watch the show? And I said, you know what it is? I'm just not interested anyway. But I said, I don't want to be one of those people who watches the show just because everybody else does and because they just want to be part of the conversation everybody's having now i said i feel like half the audience who watches game of thrones watches it because the other half does even if they're not interested yes. they just want to be part of the conversation and the one dude there were three guys and the one dude said that's exactly why i watch it he's like i'm not really that into it but everybody's talking about it he said you're absolutely right <laughs> that's the reason i watch it, it's true like i used to kind of be that way with televisions like what's the new thing i wasn't like a big tv fan but like i really kind of Years ago, um, I guess 11, 2011, 12, like I was into Dexter and that was like the first TV series I really got into since my favorite show was ER and I would watch that every day on reruns. But like that was the first show Dexter I got into since ER that I was, I loved. And then I was like, okay, what's next? What else do people watch? And I was kind of following that trend a little bit. And I started with Game of Thrones 
I watched the first season in a, um, I watched the first episode and the second episode, I think almost back to back, like within the same day. And then there was a period where I didn't watch it. And I thought, well, I'll just catch up. I'm off of work. And I spent the whole day watching it. And I realized a couple things that day. One, I don't like just sitting around and watching television from, you know, point A to point like all day long to watch a series. And two, I just didn't connect with it. It's like, I don't know what's going on. I, I you know, and it just, I kind of turned me off, like the whole experience of just sitting, wasting a day off that I had to about a show that everybody's trying to watch and everybody's into, and I'm just not getting it. And I'm like, I wasted the whole day on something I didn't enjoy. So I just was like, I, I don't care about Game of Thrones. And like a year later, I sat down with Corey. I was like, listen, you should really should give it a chance. Try again. And we started the second season and I got into it and I watched it every season that it premiered just because I ended up starting to like the show, but I was never into it. Like it took me years to learn people's names because I didn't genuinely. Oh, dude, that's one of the reasons I I didn't want to get care. into it. Like not care, but like I can name every single person in the can- in the cantina in Star Wars and maybe in Jabba's palace. <laughs> I it took me eight years to learn the guy's name with no testicles on Game of Thrones, and I only learned his name on the episode that he died on in season eight. I was like, oh, his name was Varys. I just knew he had no balls. That's, that's how, the guy I knew. That's how like, I am with the Harry just, Potter and Lord of the Rings and other things like that. It's like learning a new language. Yes. And I just don't have the the brain capacity for that. Like, I can't yeah. put energy into doing something like and, that. It's just too it's too much work just to enjoy a show or a movie, you know, a movie franchise. Yeah, and in all fairness, it's a great show. I enjoyed it, but is it my favorite show of all time? Was I obsessed with it? Like, people got so into it. I was like, I just like it because I think it's a decent show. Like, I got into it, and the stories would be interesting. But, like, when it ended, I didn't think about it anymore. I wasn't like, oh, my God, I can't wait another year for Game of Thrones. It's like, oh, Game of Thrones will be back in April next year. Cool, I'll watch it then. Like, I didn't get into it, and people would ask me, like, who's your favorite character? And I would know, of the characters I knew, I'm like, I like this person and that person. And then... Like, oh, you can read the books? I'm like, no, I, I have no I, intention whatsoever to read the books and get into this. Like, if I'm into something, that's one thing that I learned with, like, watching whatever's popular. It's like, that doesn't mean I'm going to get into it. Like, I can, I know well enough what I'm into, what I want to invest my time and my interest in. And I just like the show and I'll watch it when it's on. But, like, people would come, like, when this last season was on last year. People are like, oh, don't you remember in season four? I'm like, no, I watched season four in 2014 and I remember none of it. So, like, oh, dude, that's that's, still- one, that's one of the things people were doing is they were rewatching all the previous seasons leading up to the last one. Because- My mom watched it within three weeks of the series finale, like binge watched oh. it every day. And she was like obsessed with it. And she's like trying to talk to me about it. I'm like, mom, I don't remember. I watched it years ago and i i don't know who is who and they're like don't you remember the guy with the this and the that and i'm like no no i don't i just i'm along <laughs> for the ride i like the show when it's on it's like fun i like it cool but like i i can't invest my time in it like and it's just personal preference that's if you want to invest your time in game of thrones and the books and everything more power to you i think that's awesome it's just not for me and when people were just getting so pissy about the last couple seasons like last season i was into it the most because finally the story's coming to an end and it's ramping up to things that after years and years of this show leading to big battles finally big battles are going to happen so i was excited um but i wasn't like oh man now i'm gonna go read the books and rewatch all the seasons and this and everything else and it was just i just enjoyed it and then when it ended and people were like that fucking sucked ah! i was like it, i mean for what they had i mean i couldn't have done any better so i i guess it was good well, I think it's and, all, I think it's also become cool to oh, be disappointed totally. by things. It, it's been 
it's been that way for a while. I think it definitely applies to something like Game of Thrones. I think people were that way with the rise of Skywalker. They were that way with Endgame. Like it's cool to oh just not be, I, not necessarily be satisfied. Other rants I have about people with their reactions to yeah. rise of Skywalker I, that I, we can discuss in a later episode. But there's just there's just a lot of ridiculous because I'm a big Star Wars fan and like you're I, kidding. I love genuinely. Love, yeah, I know. Go figure. Um, but there's things I love about it. And again, we'll discuss this later. But I, that's a whole other topic. Um, but there's so much vitriol of people who for two years were so staunch defenders of the last one. When things didn't go the way this time around, they became what they didn't like. And that's just, you know, again, either to be trendy, to be like, Oh yeah, it sucked because, or, Oh, I just, you know, realizing like you didn't like something and now you're acting childish, like the people you railed against for two years. But anyway, like it, (laughs) it has become a thing of like, yeah, it's cool to be disappointed to be like, well, it wasn't that good. Even with Endgame, like I, I, everybody I know who saw it loved it, and then months later, like this vitriol for like, oh, it didn't end the way I wanted, and then Mar- the Martin Scorsese comments kind of fuel that. Like it's just like, see, he thinks it sucks too, so I think it sucks. Like it's it's a whole <laughs> thing of just like, who to be current? What what's the most current thing? What it's like. Um, I remember Entertainment Weekly years ago when I my mom had a subscription to it. They had the the hot list and the not list, and that's what it feels like. It's like, oh, it's cool to not like Game of Thrones. You know, what's out is liking Game of Thrones. Like it's it's just a whole game. Yeah, and- there's a point where everybody turns. I mean, look, there were so many shows like that in in recent memory. People were telling me. I remember people going on and on about how great Lost was forever. And then, of course, it ends, and there was a point, I don't remember when, if it was the last season, I never watched that show either. I very rarely buy into the hype of shows when yeah, they're happening. I've, I've never seen... No I, interest. I, I, I fully intend on watching the complete series of The Sopranos and Breaking Bad because they're shows I've never watched, in part because I thought things very rarely live up to the hype for me for as much yeah. as I hear people talk about it. And we were working in a, in a store as well where people were just talking... Every, you know, Monday morning, we're talking about the previous episode, you know, Sopranos, and people were doing that with Game of Thrones, because that was on Sundays. And I don't remember what day of the week Breaking Bad was on, but that was also something people kind of I think that was latched. a Sunday night. Or, no, it was, I forget, because that would have different spots. I think oh, it was okay. on Sundays when Walking Dead was off, but... um. But yeah, it was I, definitely... I only watched that because it wasn't like, ooh, everybody's talking about it. It's like, you know what? The story sounds interesting. I'd like to pursue that, and that's when I started. And it took me a while to get through it just because I'm, you know other stuff in life but it didn't i didn't binge watch it within weeks it took me a couple months to be like okay i'll do this season now this then this well that I was a, that was a slower build that was definitely like, a, a slower build compared to like like yes. the walking dead there's another one everybody was on and everybody monday we're talking about it or sunday night posting who died on facebook just being completely oblivious yeah. to the fact that maybe not everybody watching our live. friend ryan off <laughs> <laughs> oh god i can't <laughs> i know which one of my favorite ryan statuses and I, I love you ryan i love you to death but like um one of the biggest problems in this country is people's inability to not spoil the walking dead I'm like there's probably a bunch of other ones before that there but, might be a few things but <laughs> yeah but, you know i feel uh, i'm sorry buddy but, so, but that was that was one of those shows where everybody was talking about it and i just said i'm not especially circa 2012 i was just zombied out i was so yeah. and again i was another one like game of thrones for me it's like i like this show i'm going to watch it I'm not overly invested where I'm going to start reading the comics. The most I did outside of the show was like, I bought two Funko pop dolls 
because uh, I thought they looked cool. But other than that, I wasn't like into it. It's like, oh, I'll watch it when it airs. But like, <laughs> well, like, Corey, I, Corey was the only one going on about Game of Thrones. And based on our experience with Firefly and Serenity, we just said, no, <laughs> We're not yeah, yeah, yeah. This um, is probably not going to be our thing. And it really I yeah. feel like people got really big on Game of Thrones after the Red Wedding. I really feel like that was when everybody was like, oh, shit, like that was crazy. You just see you, yeah. you just have to see it. I feel like that was the moment where people got turned on. Like the season one, maybe people weren't as into it, but I feel like that's really where it blew up and everybody was into it. But yeah, all, the, all these shows, for me, it was like, oh, holy shit, this show pulls no punches. This is, this is fun. I'm going to keep watching this every season. <laughs> and main characters can die like that. But yeah. it's all, and, and that was another it's funny you mentioned Dexter, too, because that was another show that I wasn't watching. I didn't have Showtime when it was on, and I was kind of catching up with it after the fact. On, I think I had it on DVD, or maybe I borrowed somebody's DVD. I don't even remember at this point because that was a while ago. But uh, that was a, a show that, at a point, just like Lost, it's like don't even bother. Like, okay, fine. So I'm not going to watch it. I, I do want to watch the fourth season, which is the one with uh, John Lithgow that people loved That's because the, yeah. he was horrible. <laughs> I mean, he was great at being a horrible person in in the show but they said watch that one and then you can quit the show because yeah, they said the last like four seasons I, I was just weren't good by dexter because i got really into it and i even liked it up through the sixth season which um yeah um uh, i had caught up to the point where it stopped because so i watched seven and eight with uh when i was with ryan Corey together we watched that sunday night when it aired it was a horrible ending like i'm not gonna be like but you know it ended and my life continued the next day and yeah, you, you weren't since. you weren't so wrapped up into it that it was. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, I don't know if I if I envy people who get that wrapped up in things like that, where where they're so into a show or a movie or even a sports team, where it it has that you, much. You they get in, so, your expectations um, live and die on it. Yeah, yeah, where they're so invested in it, but I just can't do it. I just can't imagine watching. If I'm disappointed by it, it's like okay, that's that. Uh, on the on to the is, next there's thing. So much. There's always another sports season. There's always another, you know, TV show that will take its place. I mean, if people didn't like Marvel movies, there's more Marvel movies to come. Maybe you'll like them. If people weren't happy with The Rise of Skywalker or Last Jedi, there's more Star Wars movies. Like, just because that one wasn't yours doesn't mean that it's ruined forever. And that's what this whole like, cancel culture thing is like. If one thing doesn't go our way, cancel it. So, yeah, well, that, that's gone hand in hand, I feel like, with the entitlement of. But I, and, and this happened, I, I really feel like it happened after The Last Jedi specifically, where you had a bunch oh, of God. people who refer yeah. to themselves as Star Wars fans who wanted just a new movie altogether and were taking the position. And I feel like this, this has spread even more so in the last two, almost two and a half years. This idea of like, I'm the customer, I'm paying for it, and this is not what I wanted. But yeah, it's never going to be what fan every, entitlement. Yeah, it's never going to be what everybody wants. People get yeah. mad, and this this is what I I was saying at the time when Last Jedi came out. People were pissed off that it wasn't the movie they had written in their heads. They expected a certain kind of movie was going to continue after Force Awakens, and they didn't and get that Luke movie. Was going to come back and kick ass. Yeah, and like... and they were pissed off about it because it wasn't the movie that they they had in their head. So yeah. that whole thing, I don't get. And we've, <laughs> we've gone a long way around from something as, as annoying, uh, like, like the Tiger King. But I agree, the whole, the whole bandwagon jumping because everybody oh, wants yeah. to be in the conversation. And no I matter what I like... watch on Netflix, the, it, the recommendation to watch next is always the Tiger King. And I'm just, yeah, I have no interest. I don't care about true crime 
anything. Oh, there's an unhealthy obsession with murder in this country. Without um, a doubt. Just to circle back to my coworkers, and you know, if you're listening, if any of you have found this podcast and are listening, some listen up. This is some hard truth, so you got to listen. So, um, one of them is like super into like true crime murder. She like subscribes to like a podcast and has is part of a Patreon, and it's like okay. Again, any hobby or interest, fine. But I feel like murder is one of those things that's not meant to be fascinating. I, I don't see like murder being such a fun topic to talk about, like how people get brutally murdered in their own homes, and like I don't find that entertaining. So, and like the fact that like Netflix has Tiger King, Making of a Murderer, and like a thousand other shows similar to it, 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 it feels very unhealthy in this country that we're like so obsessed with murder. Well, stories. it's it's not we. It's it's frankly white women. Yeah, <laughs> it's white chicks who are just love true crime. Watch the true crime shows. Love watching Snapped and all that other shit on cable. There's definitely yeah. that. Like that Criminal element. Minds, like it's a drama. People are like, oh, I love Criminal Minds. Like I, I watched one or two. Those shows fucking disturb me. I'm not watching this ever again. <laughs> no, I can't tolerate certain things like that. I can't. Like if people get killed in a movie and like an action scene or whatever, obviously it's entertainment. But I don't find real life stories that fascinating where I have to go down the the rabbit hole of like what happened. How the, you know? Let's start putting pieces on the wall, like the strings of you know, like the connective strings of <laughs> who did what. Like I don't find that fun. Like this isn't like fun Agatha Christie novels. This is like real life people who have been slain and murdered. And what's the fun in that? Well, like, and, es- and especially that's what I don't understand. I mean, I understand why people are into the Tiger King. I I also don't understand. It, I don't. I think, why what's are you this? interested? But yeah, it's it's a bunch of backwards people <laughs> doing a bunch of fucked up shit with animals and with other people and didn't we have duck dynasty wasn't that it that's like that's <laughs> what that, i thought that show was but but this is this is more voyeuristic that's the th- that's always the appeal of reality tv and frankly it always has been it's either i wish i had their life or i i'm looking down on these people i'm so glad i don't have their life there's yeah. there's the the people who are jealous and who watch it because it's i mean the phrase lifestyle porn is perfectly accurate for oh, yeah. something like the Kardashians or, you know, the housewives, all that other stuff that is just beloved in this country by a lot of women. And I realize that that may come off as a, a sexist statement. It's not like guys don't watch it either. There are plenty of guys who, who watch housewife shows and things like that or couples who watch stuff like that. But yeah. I, I, I've never gotten to a conversation with guys who have talked about like, man, did you see what happened on Real Housewives of Atlanta? That was fucked up. So I, I am putting that one on, on women more or less. I feel like that's definitely yeah. the majority of the audience, but. It's that versus something like Honey Boo Boo, where it's I'm so glad I'm not like these people, <laughs> or yes. even even Tiger King. It's like wow, these people are fucked up. I'm so glad I'm not missing all my teeth, you know, and shit like that. So yeah. there there is a weird. It does fit into that category of reality TV for people and true crime. So it kind of mixes the the two obsessions a lot of people have when it comes to what they like in their entertainment, and it's also something that. It, it, it probably couldn't be scripted. You probably couldn't make Tiger King no. into a movie. I mean, now everybody's scrambling. No, everybody's to, pining for that now. Supposedly, that be- but by the time no. movies are back in production, people will be over. People move on to the next thing. 
Yes, I feel like yeah, now, as soon as people get back to work, we, you know, remember Tiger King? Like, it's going to be one of those things that's forgotten. It, it, it is like, it's a perfect case of timing. And that's what it is. People are supposedly bored at home. You know, there's a million options to watch other things and uh, a million other things on Netflix to watch. Like, they got to center on this crap. So. Yeah. Well, well, there's always something else to, to latch on to. There's always something new coming out. Oh. Like, uh, like Ozark is what everybody's talking about right now. Oh, my oh. God. Ozark is so good. It probably is. I'm not into it. I'm probably not going to watch I it. I don't even know what the show's about, and I've had it recommended to me by coworkers, by other, some of our friends. Friends, like, yeah. You've got to watch it because Jason Bateman plays a bad guy or whatever. And I'm like, like I said before, if it doesn't interest me, I won't pursue it. Like, I don't even care enough to know what the show's about to be like, I should watch this. Or like the, you know, there's some other shows that have been really trendy like people are like super into them now i mean westworld that's uh, one of them westworld um uh, that jack ryan show also for some reason people have recommended that to me and i'm like i haven't seen the harrison ford movies where he plays jack <laughs> ryan what makes you think that i'm gonna sit and watch and i love john krasinski i love the office but what makes you think that that's you know just because he's in, instead of you know putting dwight's stuff in jello and he's kicking somebody's kicking ass instead that doesn't interest me like i if i haven't seen my favorite actor play this character in three movies, what makes you think I'm going to sit and watch, a, you know, however many seasons of this for hours and be like, I just have no interest. So, like, there's tons of shows like that. Westworld, um, I have really no interest either. I know it's been recommended, but I'm so, I don't know. I, I just don't. But that's another one. People seem to be disappointed by this current season. So I'm thinking, well, why am I going to catch up on it now? Yeah. That's where I'm at. Whereas if people are already starting to turn, so why am I going to watch the first two seasons perfect, if I don't like where it's going? Another perfect example. Years ago, with those Marvel series that were on Netflix, I watched the first two seasons of Daredevil. I watched Jessica Jones. My intention was to try to watch them as they came out. And some people are like, Luke Cage sucks, and Iron Fist is horrible, and The Defenders is okay. And I'm like, well, why am I going to waste 13 hours on a show that sucks that I need to get to the next one? It's like, I, I can't. I tap out. There's, you know, there's, <laughs> I have Marvel movies, and I know that that's separate or whatever. I know it's in the same universe, but they don't connect in the movies. It's like, I have enough superheroes in the MCU. I'm good. I don't need more superheroes. I'm I'm right there with you. I'm I'm cool with seeing a couple of movies a year, and that's it. I mean, the TV shows, I was intrigued by Daredevil, but then so much time had passed, and then what was next? Was it Jessica Jones? Jessica Jones, which took me forever to get through because it was... Peaks and I, it was one of those things where I was just like, man, I shouldn't, I don't have to invest my time in this if I don't want to. But I think the other things might be better. And it was just like I got through that, and I'm like, that sucked. <laughs> and then went to Daredevil season two, and I'm like, you know what? This isn't for me. I love the Marvel movies, but unless Daredevil shows up in Infinity War, I'm not going to care. But so, even if he did, it that wouldn't be enough to probably. I mean, it's not enough for 13 hours of TV for me to watch and waste my time to be like, oh, he shows up for a minute. Exactly. Like we were just talking earlier about because there's going to be a Venom sequel, and with this Morbius character that ties into the Spider-Man universe, and they're going to cross over Venom. I thought, well, I'm willing to watch Venom because right now it's on Stars. But that's also two hours and I'm done. (laughs) Well, no, just as an example, or when they announced Batman v Superman, I said, okay, I'm interested in this movie. I didn't want to see Man of Steel, but to know what's going on, I rented Man of Steel and I watched it and it was, you know, I've said before, you've never seen Superman more boring, but I still wanted to at least know going into the movie I wanted to see where it was coming from. And that also comes from having made the mistake. I wasn't interested in Thor Captain America before seeing the Avengers. I just seen Iron Man uh, one and two and Incredible Hulk, but I went back and watched Captain America and Thor after the Avengers. But I wish I had yeah. watched them before because I would have gotten more out of that first viewing. So I am kind of the person who will do 
who will watch something. But when you're talking about 13 hours of TV, that's something that has been told to subpar. Well, like, at no. a point, because Jessica Jones, people seem to people loved it or people hated it. There people didn't like seem David to be a whole Tennant, lot of and she was okay, but. It looked like a stock portfolio of just like up and down of interest. Like there were a couple <laughs> episodes in the middle where I'm just like, this is where did we go? Like it was getting somewhere. Now it's unmercifully boring at this point. Yeah. Um, and and that was Luke Cage. People seem to like the first half of that, not the second half so much. And then nobody liked Iron Fist. Yeah. And then Defenders came out and people were just kind of lukewarm on it. And then, oh, well, there's a yeah, Punisher spinoff series, finally, because we like the Punisher in season two of Daredevil. And I don't know, at that point, I just thought it's too much work to catch up on these shows, especially to watch ones people don't like, like Iron Fist or half a season of Luke Cage or an entire season of Jessica Jones. And I just thought, yeah. I, I don't have the fucking time to sit down and watch this. I mean, now I'm looking at something such as Breaking Bad, which I will have to sit down and watch 50 hours of it. And that's fine, but I'm not going to do it to catch up because I feel like I need to You need to be participate. part of it. I need to be uh, riding the wave of what's going on now. I've just never been that type of person. Oh, I and know. My that, least favorite sentence on Earth is, you haven't watched fill in the blank. I hate that sentence, and that's everybody's reaction to oh, yeah. that's things like that. And Everything. Everything oh, I, I, I haven't gotten into, which everybody is. Meanwhile, the stuff I'm into that I'm telling everybody to watch, like Watchmen, we loved Watchmen. I haven't sat and watched a show live in so long, but for that, yeah. for those nine weeks back last fall, I was, I was way into it and I couldn't wait. And every episode left me wanting more. And I still do recommend it, by the way, for anybody who hasn't seen Watchmen. It's great, but I was so insanely disappointed by the fact that they're not doing any more because they yeah. set up such an amazing world. And these episodes were so good that I thought, wow, this is a, an incredible foundation for a series then yeah i mean the intention was as far as i understand from what i've read about what was going on behind the scenes of the show the intention was that it was going to be a continuing series but after the showrunner left and uh, said he didn't want to do anymore it then became an, an hbo limited series which is yeah. a drag especially the way it ends which i'm not going to say anything about but i totally recommend that that's nine episodes and you're done and if you're not into it, you can always quit. But that that was the show that I was well, watching that nobody was, that I felt like the person like, what do you mean? You should be watching this show. But yeah, and, it wasn't, and that's another thing. It like, wasn't trending. You, you, you know, you get this kind of guilt of it's like, I don't, I'm not interested and I'm going to quit after the episodes. No, no, no. It gets better by like episodes nine and ten. It's like I'm on episode three and I don't care. Like I don't have that kind of time to get to that point of giving a shit. Like if it interests, I'm at the point now with TV, if it interests me, it interests me. Like another thing in regards to trends that like had nothing really to do with the show itself, but I, uh, I love the Mandalorian. I absolutely loved it. I loved it from start to finish and it was exciting to have a show, um, you know, every week to look forward to that. But the one thing that came out of that, that made me not dislike the show in any way, shape or form or the character of the, of the, the child that people call baby Yoda like this, the meme culture of just like now everybody's taking this character and they're just making stupid memes out of it. And there's going back to my coworkers also, like none of them have, you know, they have tastes and everything, but none of them have seen movies like Star Wars, The Godfather. They don't care. But one of them watched The Mandalorian and they called it the Baby Yoda show. They're like, oh, I didn't really, I thought the baby was cute, but they couldn't tell you a thing about the show. And it's like, that's not how you watch something. I don't know. I'm not trying to sound like one of those asshole Star Wars movies. It's like if that the story should engage you. Yes, the puppet's cute, but like, is that all you got out of that? Is the baby's cute and this was a good story? Like, I, I don't understand how some people like 
operate with stuff like that, where they're just like something flashy catches their eye and they love the show, but they don't really love the show. They just love the thing that was in the show. And another perfect example of that is Stranger Things. That fandom really got to me. Yeah. And that was another one. I didn't, I wanted to watch it when it came out. I didn't buy into the hype. And again, I'm way in the minority because I wanted to quit on that show, but I ended up finishing it anyway, finishing season one. And I was so disappointed, which it's not that I bought into the hype. I thought it takes place in the 80s, bunch of kids in the 80s as a sci-fi element to it. Okay, I'm in. So it, it wasn't that I watched it to to jump on the bandwagon. And that, look, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm saying I don't get it when it comes oh, to no, people I, jumping I on the bandwagon. The show. But I, I love that show, but I hate the fans of it because the reason I love it is because it has everything that I love, you know, adventure stories and you know, kids and homages to stuff in the 80s. And from what I can tell, I wasn't alive back in 83, 84, and 85 when these seasons took place. I mean, I wasn't 85, but I was small. Uh, but And um, only for five months of it. <laughs> and for five months, yeah. But from what I've seen through movies I've watched and documentaries and, you know, music at the time, they captured it to a T. And that's what I loved about it. So that's what sucked me in. When you can get a time period right and you're not just like throwing a random 80s song and this that didn't come out that year. You know, I loved that and I loved the stories and I loved the homages and I, and I loved the characters and the kids. And it got me because I love that stuff. And it, the more people I talked to were just like, yeah, it was because it was the latest show on Netflix. And, oh, I love that. But you should also watch this. Like they didn't have an actual interest in the show itself. They're just like, it's the newest thing. And I love it because I don't know, it, it, it entertained me for 13 hours, but it's like, you didn't actually take anything away from it though. Like, and I'm, again, this isn't me trying to sound like, oh, I, I know what's best as a fan, but it's like, what did you get out of it other than just like, you know, oh, it was fun. You, but I, I think a lot of that is... There's a, no investment from people is what I'm trying to say. They're but, just liking it because it's the thing. But I feel like a lot of that is a side effect of binging because that's how we watch things now. So everybody's looking yes. at an overall arc, but there's no... You watch one episode, but you need to sit with that episode for a week until the next one comes along. Whereas instead... And, and I again, prefer this, that. I really prefer that. Well, that's where Stranger Things kind of fell apart for me because I did watch it over the course of, I think, three days. And in the end, for me, it was an eight-hour movie that just didn't pay off. Like, I thought yeah. this was not worth all the build-up. This was not worth all the everything that they set up. It was it was a slog for me. I really had to struggle to get through that show. And, and that's what Noelle and I did. We started watching it. Um, we watched it. Not because I saw it because I thought, oh, I read the description. It wasn't because somebody at work recommended it to me. I I read the description. I thought, that sounds like a lot of things I like. And lo and behold, for me, it was. And we broke it. We scheduled it like when the last three seasons aired. It's like, all right, let's take a little bit each day and do that instead of all at once. Let's waste our time watching it because it, it's not fun to binge watch. For me, I don't enjoy binge watching. I, I, I just physically can't do it. So, like, I could watch a couple movies back to back, but I can't watch an entire series season in a day. It it would drive it drives me crazy. So, like, when The Mandalorian was coming back, I'm like, thank God it's a weekly show because I don't want to have to, you know, as much as I love Star Wars, I don't want to have to take a whole weekend and watch this whole thing just because everybody will be talking about it Sunday night. Because within two days of a movie coming out with Star Wars or an Endgame, people are spoiling it. So, I was so happy to just have like that one episode a week and then. Go to the next week and, like you said, sit with it and be like, oh, I can't wait. Like, I'm doing that now. I'm watching the Star Wars animated series, The Clone Wars. They had one, they're on their final arc, their final season. And the first part of it started last Friday and I loved it. I'm like, I can't wait for next Friday. I love that feeling. So, like, it, it makes it feel special and you take something away from it and watch it that way. Well, I agree. I mean, the only network show I've watched over the last few years has been The Blacklist. 
which has continued to intrigue me. And I'm always left looking for, I mean, with the exception of Watchmen, of course, but long running series. I mean, that's in its seventh season now. But that's a show that week to week I always look forward to. And I always yeah. want to see what comes next because I know it's going somewhere just as a series, not just as a season, you know, the arc for the entire season, even though there are those. It's just a big story overall that's being chipped away yes. at 22 times a year. And I like looking forward to it, but I think you and I are in the minority because that's one of the criticisms I hear about shows like The Clone Wars or Mandalorian, or now people are bitching about Picard because CBS is releasing one episode a week and people are saying, just give it all to me now. I want to watch it all. You know, we're yeah. all, we've all become spoiled because of the the notion, the idea of being able to binge. Day or a whole weekend, and it's like, oh, I got to wait another year. It's like, was it really worth it? Like, at least with a movie, like when you anticipate a movie, you can go back to the theater and see it again and experience it, take more things away from it. From a whole TV series, you can't do that. Well, you can also wait. I mean, whenever the season wraps up for Picard, you can get CBS I, I All Access for that, a month. And that actually was a show that I was interested in, but had heard from uh, family members who I have um, on the well side who are big Star Trek fans didn't like it. And I tried to actually watch a couple next generation episodes in preparation to be like, I would really like to see Picard. I want to watch them as I looked up episodes, like what are his best episodes? I watched a few and I was like, "Eh, okay, I'm not a huge star Trek fan. I thought it was okay. And then them saying like, it's nothing like the next generation. It just didn't catch them. And they were just very much like, I don't think I'm going to watch it. I'm like, well then they said, they told me just don't watch it. And I kind of like, you know what, if it if it's coming from people who really know this stuff and love it, I'm not going to waste time on 12 hours of something or get a free subscription or something that I'm just going to watch and be disappointed by. So I'm just going to wash my hands of it and be like, OK, you know, the idea of it sounds great, but I'm just not interested. Yeah, that's what I've heard. There, there are some purists who hate it and some purists who love it. I'm not a Star Trek guy anyway. I like the last movie that came out, Star Trek Beyond. But that's really the only thing I've liked that they've done. People say you can watch Picard and not have watched like the next generation or these are like it stands on its own. You will get more out of the series if you followed the next generation arc or just Star Trek in general, because apparently there's a, a lot in there. I mean, obviously, a lot of the characters and the, the people who come into yeah. it are from the next generation because that was the era Picard was in. But it, it is one of those shows people are saying like, oh, no, just get into it because you don't have to. But. At the same time, like I know I'm not a Star Trek guy, so I'm yeah. not going to end up checking that out, even though people are going on and on about that now. And in part because they can't watch the whole thing in one day because we've all become spoiled brats. And I want to be yeah. able to watch it all now. I want it now. Me. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Like Netflix really has been one of those things that's really kind of ruined the way things are. Like there's no anticipation and enjoyment of something like, th- sure, this thing will come out. You'll enjoy it. I, and then what? Like, I, I just don't I don't like that model of just like, give it to me all at once. Like, well, I, I, it's also enjoy something and take something away from it. And then I will go to the next. one. Oh, I agree. I mean, the anticipation of waiting that year in between Infinity War and Endgame, just to offer a, a comparison for that was something I was really, really excited for, along with millions of other people, billions of other people looking forward to it and saying, you know what? I need to wait for this. And. I can't wait, but you have to. And that's okay because you're going to be really into it when it comes out. Whereas if you watch an entire season in a day or in a weekend, then not as much. I mean, as far as being spoiled with the streaming thing, that's actually something else I did want to touch on because the fact that people get so pissed off about the fact that they can't get Friends or The Office 
or whatever it is on the streaming service. I mean, there are a lot of people pissed off because uh, Doctor Who's not on Amazon Prime anymore. You know, Friends and Doctor Who are going to be on HBO Max, which was just announced is coming out at the end of May. People are just, I want this now. I want to be able to watch it. You've seen every fucking episode of Friends in the Office. And by the way, Friends is on, let me Fr- give people Friends. some advice. You were pissed off about Friends and it not being available on Netflix to stream. If you have a DVR and cable, it is on TBS every day from about 10 to 4. Because I know this because at work we have a TV and it is on every day at work from 10 to 4. <laughs> and usually within a three week period, you can get through the entire series. So if you have a DVR, just record every episode, watch them at night, and then you have a whole – you have, I guess, let's see, 12 episodes a day. That's a half a season a day. So there you go. So within a three-week period almost, you can – I have saw Phoebe give birth to the triplets at least twice in one month at work. So like it, it's on. You can find it. Like that's the thing. Nobody wants to – do the work and find it. Like, it's been on DVD forever. But that, that's the other thing. The show ended in 2004, was it? Yeah. So you probably yeah, own the DVDs. High school it ended. Yeah, and it's you, been available. You probably own the DVDs already because it was on for so long. That's yeah. what I don't get. Or you can buy it. You can buy the complete series. I mean, Friends costs a little more. I think it's like 60 bucks to get the series on DVD. But yeah. it's the same thing with The Office. It's like, okay, you know, for The Office... Everybody's like, oh, but I want to watch all the episodes now, and I want to, but it's, you know what? I've had those DVD seasons uh, for years with The Office. Exactly. When I started watching The Office, when it was airing, now, you know, that's another thing. Everybody's, like, so into it, and I I love the fact that it has a fan base, but people are like, oh, you're trying to, like, talk about The Office. It's like, I saw that in 2007 and eight when it was on, and I bought the DVDs then because it interested me, and I wasn't seeing the shows because I was working, so I thought, you know what? These are all on sale on Black Friday. I'm buying the first three seasons, and I bought up, up to season six on DVD when I, you know, and because that's when I, you know, was still buying DVDs. So it's like I have it; I can watch it any time. So like, there's just there's this whole thing of like non-investment with people where they're like, I don't want to do this because it's you know physical copy. What's that? I need to stream it now. It yeah, needs to be my eyelids now oh, instead of like it's you so can just walk over to a shelf and put it on a DVD. You know. Well, that's it. The idea of putting on a DVD isn't really that foreign a concept. It's not like DVDs haven't been a thing for a while. And I realize yeah. we're talking about maybe like 20 years at this point of DVDs or Blu-rays being in the in the lexicon. But everybody has some kind of display. Even if you have a game console, you can play a DVD on it. Yeah. You know, if you have an Xbox or a PlayStation. But literally, The Office, I think it's 40 bucks for the entire the series. series. Is, is dirt cheap the last time I saw Yeah, it. and you don't... You have it, you will have it forever. It won't matter what streaming service is on it. Just because you need to get up and change a disc after five or six episodes, big fucking deal. It's really not that big of a task. If you're so into it, then why can't you just buy it and own it? And then it doesn't matter what streaming service it's on. That's yeah, the part that, that gets me. And it's not like, because I'm a fan of physical media. I'm just thinking for all the complaining people do, they could just own it and then it won't matter what service it's on. If you're a fan of something, invest in it. Like if you totally. like something, if I loved Stranger Things as much as I do, and I love Stranger Things, but it's not my favorite thing. But if I loved it on the level of the way people love a series, I'd buy the DVDs too, even if it's on Netflix, because I want more special features. Totally. Like, I, we have Disney Plus, and I still, you know, I know all the Marvel movies are on there. I still have them up through Endgame on DVD and Blu-ray because I want them. Like, if I love it, I want to have some sort of representation. Now, as far as my movie buying is concerned, I don't know. I bought The Rise of Skywalker recently, and I don't have any other movies I truthfully want to buy for a long time. 
But if I love something, like I'm going to invest in it. So if Black Widow's awesome and I want to watch it over and over again, I will buy the Blu-ray whenever that comes out. So it's just like if I love something and I want to have something to do with it, like I will invest in it. But, but it just feels like people just want instant gratification when it's not instant gratification like Friends or The Office. It just goes back to the entitlement and bitchy culture of, you know, it's I'm the paying customer. I should get what I want. Exactly. Well, it's it's not that big a deal when it comes to how much you're actually spending. And if you, there are certain things you're into. I mean, I talked about this two episodes back with my cousin Pete saying that despite the fact stores aren't open. I mean, there's so few record stores anyway, but they're certainly not an essential business. But... I ordered on Amazon the new Joe Satriani CD, and I got the digital download immediately, and then the CD arrived the following week, but I wasn't expecting it for a while, because I figured there are more important things that'll be shipped, but I I have the CD anyway, so yes, I could have streamed it and and not owned it, but it's the reason, I mean, you've seen my CD collection and my movie collection, too. It is is ridiculous, but like I was telling him, I'm happy to not be at the mercy of what's available for streaming. I have it. I want it. I spent the 10 bucks on the Joe Satriani album and now I own it. I don't need to worry about it. You know, yeah. there's, there's a, a, a break in the uh, licensing deal with, with Sony when it comes to what streaming platform the albums are available on. I own them. So I'm good. If I want to hear yeah. it, I have it. So it's not that big a deal. Even when it comes to, I mean, you don't even need to buy the DVDs of the office. You can buy the series digitally or friends. Yeah. You could buy it on any of the, the video streaming platforms. And then you have it forever. Exactly. So even if you don't want to yeah. buy a DVD I mean, through that adverse for physical... years and I regret buying because it's like, I don't think I'm ever going to watch this again. And that was my own mistake. But it's just like if I, I mean I, if I love something and I want to watch it over and over again and I want to make sure that I have it I will buy it no matter what streaming service it's on whether I buy it digitally or a physical copy. So Absolutely. I'm the same yeah. way. And there are a couple of movies I bought digitally because they're not available on Blu-ray at this point. I don't know if they're going to come out on Blu-ray. So there are a couple of movies I bought that are in my digital library. Um, or in some cases, they were released on Blu-ray a long time ago, and it's not a great transfer. And I thought, well, do I buy it digitally for $5 as opposed to $20 for you know a Blu-ray that's not great? Or yeah. even 10 bucks? Where I thought, mm, I don't need to have that physically, especially the Blu-ray quality. I do read reviews and stuff like that. So I am still picky. But that's kind of where I'm at. I am buying a lot of catalog titles, and thankfully there are companies like Shout Factory and Arrow and all these other companies that license movies for special editions and release them because I'm all yeah. about that. I, I I love owning the best possible version of stuff, even if it's not whatever's available on streaming. Yeah. But look, I get it. I get the convenience. I get that people don't want the physical half yeah. day. I've, I've moved cross-country four times <laughs> to California and back twice. So I know what it's like lugging yeah. a bunch of stuff a distance. And certain. I get it. I get the point where it's like, I don't want to have more physical stuff. That's fine. But just if you own it and you can stream it anytime you want on any device, then whatever, man, then you're fine. Oh, I, I, I just don't, but I'm with you. The investment, just people aren't, they love it, but they're not that into it. I mean, years ago, I talked about that. A friend of mine posted on Facebook, in 2013, oh man, Hot Tub Time Machine is not on Netflix anymore, and that's my favorite movie. What am I going to do? And my comment was, dude, the DVD is like five bucks. If it's your favorite movie, why we wouldn't you it. own it? Yeah. I, and I get that it's convenient that it's on streaming and you can watch it anytime, but it doesn't matter. I, I loved Good Omens on Amazon. I thought that was an awesome series. I'm still going to, I'm still going to buy the too. Blu-ray. And in part because it's got six hours or so of special features. I mean, on the opposite side of that, I get why people wouldn't buy something like Stranger Things, because there are zero features 
So yeah. if you want oh, to buy it, you can. those sat at my can. local Target for years, and I thought those would have been gobbled up because they tilled the whole nostalgic plate or shaped like a VHS box and everything. Right. So like, oh, my God, that's a slam dunk sale, and nobody bought it. Like, I will buy the Mandalorian well, they, they did that when with the series Daredevil. is done, and I will buy the complete box set of that series because I would want it. And at that point, it, it's worth the investment for me once the story is done. Um, there's certain movies like, like you said, with catalog titles, or I'm interested in, like, I would love to own Big Trouble in Little China and a lot of John Carpenter movies, like, They Live and yeah, The Thing. And, and, and Shout Factory but has done awesome versions of those, too. I, I agree, but for me, like, there's certain things now where I kind of am, like, at the point in my movie collection, it's like, I don't know when I'll watch the movie. So for me, I might buy them digitally, but I love them enough to own them in, a, in some form or fashion where it's like, I would like to have them at my disposal, even if I don't watch the blu-rays i'd rather have them like some movies digitally or physical copies with digital copies but either way look i look at it as an investment of like i'd rather have something to represent it than like because there's a bunch of movies in my collection i'm looking at now it's like man i could have either just bought that digitally or not had a physical copy i don't understand why at the time i needed it but i still want it if i love the movie so in some way shape or form like i will own it i agree And, and that's that's where i'm at too Frankly, Netflix did that with uh, Daredevil as well. I know they released that on DVD and Blu-ray and just no special features. I mean, I get that they can just put them on Netflix. I mean, they did that with uh, The Irishman. There was a like a 20-something minute feature, which was Scorsese and Pacino and De Niro and Joe Pesci sitting at a, a table talking about making The Irishman, and they've released a bunch of behind-the-scenes features on their YouTube channel. That's fine, and I would still buy the Irishman. I mean, Criterion added the Irishman to their uh, collection, uh, so that'll get a, a sweet ass Blu-ray release down the line. Ooh, absolutely, and I'm excited for it. But at least they're putting something else out there. But if it just came in on Blu-ray and it was just the Irishman without any features, maybe I would buy it. But I'd be very, I, I'd be less likely to buy it than you might think, especially because it's a Netflix movie, so it's going to be on Netflix forever. So yeah. there is kind of a distinction, but something like a TV show, you know, with Stranger Things or Daredevil, yeah, you would have to entice me. I mean, if Good Omens didn't have any features, well, I probably wouldn't buy it, but it has six hours of features and I loved it so much. You know what? That's one I'm definitely going to pick up down the line. Yeah. So I, I do think it, it's worthwhile to invest in it either way, if you like features or not. And people have said that to me for years because I love buying DVDs. I love behind the scenes special features and audio commentaries and all that other stuff and so many people i've talked to over the years just baffled by it thinking like you know i just want to watch the movie I mean, and i get that's fairness, why streaming I sometimes appeals. look at your collection like why is he on terminator 2 four times like i don't understand <laughs> like there's times where i look at that like it, and it's silly but yeah it's it's special features now am i gonna watch the special features more than once probably not but I'm i don't cool. own that once physically so like <laughs> I've, I've cooled off when it comes to things like that honestly i i am getting as time goes on and as especially when it comes to buying i mean i started buying movies heavily once dvds came out because before then yeah. there was just kind of pay-per-view um which we'll get into a yeah, bit more in the you next could episode never, you you could never rent like you can only rent them you can never buy them exactly so so when stuff came out on dvd and everything was getting on dvd you know older titles catalog titles so it was it was great to think oh i can buy this stuff and there were movies that i would watch it and if i liked it i bought it actually what's a funny example of that literally two days ago Sherry asked me, uh, do you have my big fat Greek wedding? And I thought, I know I bought it on DVD, but I don't know if I sold it at some point because that was a movie. It came on DVD. Friend of mine bought it. Uh, we watched it at her house. I liked it. I bought it, but I never watched it. Yeah. So it's a movie like that that I bought because I like, and there were tons of, mo- I'm not singling that out for any negative reason, but there are a lot of movies like that where I saw it and I liked it. So I bought the DVD 
but I never watched it again. Or I can't think of a time I actually put the disc in and said, you know what I feel like watching? This. So that's yeah. something I backed off on in recent years where I'm not oh, just buying everything I like. I used to be much more rampant about it. And listen, part of it's also growing up and having more bills and not being able to just buy stuff willy-nilly. <laughs> yeah. Just being able to buy something because it, it comes out on, on physical media. But that's a part of it. I, I'm definitely not as obsessive about it as I used to be because yeah. I used to, I mean, Andrew used to always say, you know, I'm, I'm a completist. And in a lot of ways I am, but I, I've definitely gotten pickier as, as time has gone on. Yeah. But I still think if everybody's going to complain, just buy the fucking show, buy the movie, whatever yeah, it is. Invest in it. Yeah. And, and you'll have it forever and it won't matter what's available. Listen, Amazon's not going anywhere. If you want to buy something digitally on Amazon, it's probably going to be there for a long, long time. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just one example. You know, Google's going to be around. You want to buy it on, on YouTube or Google Play? Fine. Do that. And, you know, people who are like, well, it shouldn't be on another streaming service. It should be on Netflix. Like, you don't have to keep Netflix. Just so you know, this is right. a paid subscription. If you love The Office that much and you want to go that route, buy the uh, the NBC streaming app or buy HBO Max. If somebody put a gun to my head and said, get rid of all your streaming services but one, uh, WWE Network's staying and everything else is going to me. So, like, that's <laughs> you – know, if somebody said to me, pick one, I'm like, WWE Network, and I would be, I would never miss a thing. So, <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you. That would be tough for me. I mean, we were talking about it. Frankly, we only watched the first episode of The Mandalorian. And it's, we yeah. do want to finish the series. But I mean, aside from the Marvel shows, I was saying, you know, Disney Plus, it's nice to have all this stuff at your disposal. And I've watched a bunch of old movies, particularly movies I watched when I was a kid that used to get rerun on TV, like Herbie yeah. Rides Again or The Million Dollar Duck, <laughs> you know, some older Disney movies, live action <laughs> movies. Um, and it's cool, but the animated movies I pretty much own on Blu-ray and DVD, the ones that I really like. So I thought, I don't know. It's handy to have the catalog at your disposal, but. I don't know, depending on how long these original shows are going to run, I don't know how long I would keep the service if I hadn't paid. I got a deal because I, you know, whatever Disney uh, membership I have for, I guess it's a, the movie club or insiders club, whatever where you get the points, rewards, yeah. something like that. Uh, they had a deal where you can, you can pay three years up front and it's just a flat rate and it broke down to being like $4 a month. So I just yeah. paid for it. Everybody's going to re-up with the mouse in 2022. They're going to owe more. So, <laughs> Well, but that's where I, I, I stand. I mean, if I had to, if I was paying monthly right now, I would have finished The Mandalorian and I might have canceled it and then started it up again in the future because there is nothing new that's on there that I'm anxious to catch up on. I mean, when the Marvel shows drop, which are going to be once a week, apparently, that's not going to be, it's going to be like The Mandalorian Good. was, or it's one episode a and week. And that'll be fun. And that's a, that's what I like about this model is like, with this service, like there's going to be one thing at a time on that service that seems to be that's way. Like if once Falcon and Winter Soldier's over, Mandalorian season two. Once that's over, WandaVision. Once that's over, there's another thing. Like I like that it's not overlapping. Where it's like I can take one show a week, and no matter what it is, get hyped up for it, whether it's Marvel or Star Wars, and get excited. And so it's also I love that. it's harder to miss when new stuff comes out. I mean, listen, true. Bless Netflix, and they are great at what they do, but they also release. 25 comedy specials every Friday. So it's impossible to catch up on everyone that's been, I mean, at the point where you shouldn't even call them specials because there's nothing special about it. Every comedian yeah, is doing the, the a stand up hour for Netflix. But, yeah, it is. It's, it's like an extension of Comedy Central. And circling back to what you said about with like catalog titles and stuff on Disney Plus. Yeah, it is convenient. And one of the movies that's on there is Willow. And Disney Plus came out um, in November, and in December, I Noel asked me for Christmas, like, give me a list of movies you would want. I put Willow on there. It's like, you know what? As much as it's convenient to just watch it on Disney Plus, 
I'd rather have a copy of it too because I missed out in 2013 when it was like the 25th anniversary and it just yeah. got re-released. I'm like, I'm not missing out on that again as I, I, you know, we had to search for that movie years ago on YouTube to watch it because the Blu-ray was out of print. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to ever go through that again. I want to be able to have that. And yes, Disney Plus is convenient, but. I also love that movie enough where it gives me enough nostalgia where it's like, I should own that because it meant something to me growing up and I've never owned it and I want to own it now. So. For sure. For sure. And I, I feel that way when it comes to the convenience of a lot of streaming services. Uh, the stuff I watch on Hulu, I, I watch Futurama almost every day. I own every episode of Futurama. I own all of the seasons, but it is convenient to just pull it up on the fire stick in the bedroom and have access to it. But if it, it was, you know, well, would you keep Hulu for this? Maybe not. We've been yeah. watching Breeders, Hulu which is Hulu went down the other show. day. If you needed to watch Futurama, you could be like, oh, where am I at? You could have easily went to your shelf and exactly. pulled it out. I, I don't need to worry about it. But, like, we've been watching Breeders because now FX and Hulu have a thing where the stuff's available the next day because of Disney owning a lot of Fox stuff and having a huge part of Hulu. So, like, we've been watching Breeders, the Martin Freeman show that's on FX. That's been fun to watch on there. But at the same time, we also have cable, so we can check it out on FX or watch it on demand on some other way. Yeah. So yeah, when it's when I think about down the line, especially with HBO Max is still coming and Peacock is still coming and all these other services are coming out. Plus, not to mention all the free ad-supported apps that are out there. IMDb TV, Pluto TV, Tubi. There are all these different apps where you can watch videos or Crackle. You know, all these different apps where you can watch movies and TV shows, but they're ad-supported. There'll be a two-minute break with four or five commercials and then back to the show or movie. And that's yeah. pretty convenient too. So there is a point though, when you say, is it really that bad to just pay 50 bucks a month for endless cable channels where I can find all this stuff anyway? Yeah. So it's at the point where people are spending so much on streaming services and granted, yeah. I know so few people who subscribe to all of them personally because a lot of people just have family accounts. Which makes sense. I have a Disney Plus account. My sister has a Hulu account. You know, so we share those. I have the Amazon yeah, account. Amongst my family, we share stuff too. Yeah, but, and, um, and that's probably that's probably the most common thing is people are sharing them. But at the same time, if it got to be cost prohibitive, so to speak, and it was just too expensive to have all these services, yeah, I would start cutting a few of them off because not all of them are essential, and I'm not watching the original content from all of them. I'm watching older stuff. When we didn't have cable for the longest time, we've since gotten YouTube TV because we've missed out on because there's certain live events we like to watch, like either it was the Super Bowl and the convenience of maybe watching the Oscars or something like that. It's good to have it for that. But if I needed to, I could either pick or choose because we watched the Goldbergs on ABC. It's like I watched that on Hulu and I watched Family Guy reruns and I watched just older stuff. Like I don't watch anything. I've never watched a Hulu series at all in the years I've had Hulu. I don't think I've watched that's any not a, That's not a prominent thing for me. Like, my family members, I gave them my Hulu account and some of them watched The Haymaiden's Tale, but I'm like, again, that's another show that everybody always... Oh, that's, a, that's another watch, one people want to jump on. But... Fucking, none of that <laughs> at all interests me whatsoever. So, but like, I've never watched an original Hulu show. I watch little things here and there that I like that are older. And again, if push came to shove, it's like, you know, if these things get to be too much. It's like, well, you know, I might cut Hulu off because there's certain things I don't need it for anymore. And I understand some people in my family or otherwise might be watching Handmaid's Tale or something else, but I, I just a quick heads up, like, Hey, I got to cancel this service because it's not essential anymore. So, well, and they can always get it themselves. That's yeah, certainly that's an option. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Well, what have we learned this week? I think we've learned, first of all, we've given a couple of recommendations, which is nice. And I think it's also, don't be a brat. 
If you yeah. want to watch something, just buy it and you own it. And you know what? For what invest. you're spending, yeah, invest your time, invest your interest, invest in it. If you, if you only have Netflix because you want to watch The Office or Friends or or whatever it is, you know what? When you're shelling out thirteen bucks a month, that's gonna add up quickly. And if if you're hanging on to it for the convenience of watching something, like I said, I could my sister could cancel Hulu tomorrow, and I'd be fine because I have every Futurama episode, and I can watch whatever I want, and I can check out the new episodes of Family Guy and The Simpsons or whatever on demand. Because we have cable, so yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Uh, don't be a brat, and if you want to watch something that badly, just buy it. Yeah. Right, Jack? Invest. Yes, invest. And uh, really invest quickly, stop watching the fucking Tiger King. Really, get get some get some sense, people. Search other things. There's so many other things out there. Search for them. Get a real hobby. Don't pay more attention to this garbage. Yeah, don't pay more attention to trashy people who are not interested yeah. just because you feel like a sleuth, like I bet Carol Baskin fed her husband to a tiger. Yeah. Okay, and great. And if you if you are into murder, uh seek a professional help because it's not healthy thing <laughs> to be obsessed with. So, yeah, get an online uh, con- consultation with a therapist and and see yeah. what can be done. Um well, so one quick note before we wrap up is uh this is going to be the last Friday episode of Cape for uh, a while, possibly ever, uh, the show's going to resume just being Mondays only because realistically the shows are getting longer. And I also have kind of checked in with everybody who I intended to check in with on the show. So everybody, if you were following Cape or the only podcast that matters and you wanted to know what was going on with everything, then there we go. You've kind of heard from everybody and not to say they won't be back in some form down the line. But for right now, I'm satisfied doing the one show a week. And there is enough time being put into it that it'll still keep me sane and busy <laughs> during the quarantine. So uh, the show will be back next Monday and every Monday after that uh, in perpetuity. So please subscribe to the show if you haven't already. If you're listening and enjoying, subscribe. Give the show five stars. Write a review. Help the show get seen and recommended on other podcast platforms. That's how you do it. And you can follow Jack. Jackwagon85 and Jackson Figure 1985 on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me on Twitter, Chris Abalo. Chris sells out on Instagram and follow the show at Kate pod on Twitter and Instagram as well. And Jack and I will be back on Monday with a new episode. So until then, this is Chris Abalo. And this was yet another experiment. Jersey are these woofers from? You are going to be very popular tonight. <laughs>